Hello, Dan here, as is the ever-changing landscape. We had a vague idea that Danny Ings might sign, but we didn't have full confirmation, so we didn't talk about it in this week's episode. Rest assured, now it's gone through and Danny Ings has signed since we did the podcast, we will talk about it on next week's show. But for the time being, please enjoy the first episode of the new season of 1874. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to 1874, a podcast all about Aston Villa Football Club from The Athletic. I'm Dan Bardell, joined as always by The Athletic's Aston Villa correspondent, Greg Evans, who is a very, very busy boy, never stops working, let me tell you, and you obviously won't need me to explain why in the current climate. So without any further ado, let's crack on with the show. Greg, how are you? Stressed? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I am done. I was going to give you a little bit of banter because we haven't done this for a long time, have we? But my head is just so frazzled that um, I'm out of banter, unfortunately. I'm a little bit tired, actually. And there's been, <laughs> as every Villa fan will know, there's been a lot going on, hasn't there? And not really good news this week either. No, I mean, there's, there's almost too much going on at the, at the moment as a Villa fan. I'm struggling to wrap my head around everything that's happening with the club at the moment. The Euros feels a very, very long time ago. And of course, we didn't get much of a break after the Euros before Manchester City decided to kill our pre-season buzz. So with every hour that passes, the transfer of Jack Grealish to Pep's Man City title holders looks increasingly inevitable. Greg and myself will talk that through in a moment, but the Athletic is the best place to keep pace with all the transfer news so here's our latest offer to all podcast listeners if you do subscribe to the athletic before the start of the new premier league season you'll get a 33 percent discount a third off the regular price you're going to get the same great analysis and in-depth features from all the best football writers around as well as ad-free versions of all the podcasts including this one an article at the moment about the imminent Grealish transfer from Greg, David Ornstein and Sam Lee. So make sure you're checking that one out. I'm sure there's going to be plenty more Jack Grealish content coming up on The Athletic in the next few days. All you got to do is go to theathletic.com slash villapod before the 13th of August and you'll get a third off the price of a subscription. That's theathletic.com slash villapod. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Greg, come on then. It's happening the moment all Villa fans feared. It looks like Jack Grealish is going to move to Manchester City for a British transfer record of £100 million. Incredible, incredible price. Not sure Villa particularly are interested in receiving the £100 million. I think they'd rather keep him, but 
what on earth is going on, Greg? Tell us what you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's a really complex deal, and there has been, um, you know, lots of back and forth between uh, the, the two clubs over the last week since the bid was submitted. We've we've kind of known here that that Jack Grealish probably would have been moving this summer. It's something that you know I had reported on um, quite a fair bit. I know I've got a little bit stick over the years by saying you know from Villa fans saying that I've always tried to sell Jack Grealish. That hasn't been the case. It's just that there's always been interest in him. I think uh, I think that I think Jack Grealish would have gone last year if a club had a bid for him, but. At the time, Manchester City and Man United weren't prepared to pay the money for him. Um, and Villa felt like, like that they were in a much stronger position to negotiate with him. And obviously, eventually got that, that five-year contract tied up. And I think Grealish genuinely was excited last season, last summer, you know, about the, the future that was, you know, potentially unfolding here at Villa. But he, he, he wants to spread his wings now. He wants to be at one of the best clubs in the country, you know, in the world. And because he feels like he's good enough and he feels like he doesn't want to waste what will be his peak years at a club that are, you know, at the moment, mid-table, 11th in the league. Now, I know that I know that sounds really hard to, to accept for Villa fans. It sounds a bit harsh, to be honest, Greg. It upset me the way you worded it. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I'm trying to put myself in Jack Grealish's shoes here. I'm trying to think that, you know, he, he's been offered the chance to play for you know the best club in the country, the chance to enter every single competition that Manchester City um, feature in with a chance of winning it. Um, and to now spend he, the peak years of his career at a club where he's likely to win trophies, he clearly didn't want to look back on his career and think, I, I, I didn't win anything. I was good enough, but I didn't win anything. There are plenty of players that have probably done that. Um, you know, not so many in, few, in, in recent years. But look, it's it his decision. He wanted to go. I said that he probably would have gone last year if, if a bid had come in. There wasn't any bids. And, you know, the, the message that I've been putting across for the last couple of months was that if Manchester City, the club that were really interested in him ahead of everybody else, came in with a bid um, of a certain amount, which we believe was £100 million, then he would go and that's happened. Oh, that's about to happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say it's Wednesday afternoon, three o'clock we're recording at the moment. So obviously things move very, very quickly in the football world. So yeah, just to let you know the time we're recording. It's something I'm upset about as a Villa fan. I don't want Jack Grealish to leave. I never want him to leave because he's an exceptional player. It's something I understand. Social media is very chaotic out there at the moment. You have to be really careful what you say. This is very, very sensitive to Villa fans, Greg, because... He just means so much and stands for so much. And I think maybe the events of a year ago with the new contract and some of the stuff that was said is potentially what's upsetting Villa fans. I think most Villa fans will reluctantly accept it and will reluctantly understand it. But a lot of the stuff that's come out over the last 12 months, I mean, Grealish in an interview when he signed his new contract basically said the the ambition would be to improve on the season before and finish 11th. It was pretty much those words. And obviously that is what has happened. Villa are making progress. Villa's owners are not messing around. They are serious business and the club is in very good hands and going places with or without Grealish. With all those things in mind, do you get why the Villa fans are really, really upset by this? Because there is some some really, really bad reactions on social media about it. I totally understand, what Dan, why, why Villa fans are frustrated because it's football, isn't it? And you, you don't want to lose your best players. I think what is more frustrating for Villa fans at the moment is 
and I know, and I know Villa supporters have said this for years, for probably two or three years now, but this feels like a really crucial time in Villa's progression. It feels like they are maybe a couple of years still away from breaking into the top six or, or, or challenging for that top six. I still believe even if Jack Grealish had stayed this year and with all the other exciting signings that are coming in, it still would have been a task for Villa to break into that top six. Do you think? But I, I do, yeah, I do. I, I just think it, it's still very, very hard. We're now at a crucial time for Villa. It's so, it, look, it's one adventure coming out of the championship and, and progressing. And, and, and let's not forget Villa did that on the end of the last game of a 49-game season by one goal. You know, it was very, very close. Then the following season, they stayed up on the final day of the season in the final minutes of the campaign. Such fine margins. The real impressive um, step, I think, was Villa getting into mid-table last season. But the hardest challenge now is moving from mid-table into that sixth, seventh position. I mean, I, I think that is incredibly difficult, regardless of the players that you've got at your disposal, because purely because of the other clubs, um, you know, the head start that they've already got on Villa. But anyway, I'm digressing slightly. Let's let's go back to why Villa supporters are upset. Now, I understand that, and I think a lot of Villa supporters would have said, "Please, Jack, stay one more season. Let's see where we're at." And then if you and then look, they're never going to give him his, his blessing to go. But if he'd have stayed for one more season and Villa hadn't progressed as much as the owners and the supporters and the coaching staff hope, then maybe he would have been, um, um, you know, maybe he would have departed under less scrutiny because he's given Villa that other year. But the way I look at it is, again, I'm putting myself in Grealish's boots and I'm thinking, well. There's a hundred million pound offer on the table for Manchester City. It's there. That that magnitude of offer has not been submitted for me before. Now it's there. It's not what been submitted for season? any English player, to be fair. Well, the yeah, hell of I an mean, offer. Yeah, what 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 could happen this season? Anything could happen. It, um, if he stayed at Villa, for example, it, um, he, he could have a brilliant season. It, he could cement himself in the England setup and, and Villa get in the top six. That's the best scenario. <laughs> He could get injured though if he stays, and Man City aren't interested. Then um, Villa might stagnate slightly. You, you never know, do you? And 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 he has a bad season. Manchester City aren't interested. Then I think football players think differently to us, to as supporters, to journalists. You know, it's it, there's a different mindset there. He's got a life changing offer to go and play for the best club in the in in the country, possibly the world, and he's never going to get, might never get that again. So I can understand it from both sides. The problem is for Jack, he isn't just any player. He's perceived, well, I'm not saying perceived, he is a Villa fan. You know, he's had a season ticket since he was four or five years old. Him and his family have been at Villa Park their whole lives. He's perceived differently, so he's, he's not a normal player. So I think some fans will expect there to be a different reaction to all those things you've just said from Jack because of his heart, because because he loves Aston Villa, because that's where he's been all his life and that's who he supports, that's who he dreamed about playing for. But like you say, being a Villa fan like like me is different to being a Villa fan and being a top-level footballer, isn't it? Totally. And look, I, I, I might sound like I'm contradicting myself here and I don't want to diminish Jack Grealish's love for Aston Villa because it's there and it's very real. But he loves Aston Villa in a different way that to you love Aston Villa, Dan. The supporters love sitting on the stands, paying your money every every week to go to go and watch them, desperately hoping every single thing goes in their direction. It's a different love. 
to being a player. And and I can't say that out of my experience because I'm a journalist and I haven't been a player and, and, and or a supporter in, in that level. But I've spoken to players and their representatives and, 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 and they've fed that back to me over the years. You know, this isn't just a Jack Grealish um, um, you know, I'm, I'm assumption. This is players in general. It's different. And he would have just spent the Euros with, all, with the majority of those England players who have played in the Champions League, won the Champions League, some of them, played in the Champions League final, um, you know, won the Premier League. And, and he's probably thinking, look, I'm 26 years old next month and there's players who are teenagers who have played in European football ahead of me and they're in direct competition for my England place. You know, what, what, what am I going to do here? This is the problem, and I think this is the bit, this is the bit that comes in where I understand it that some Villa fans have they don't like that, that I've said this on Twitter and that I've said it on other things that I've been on. That's the key, I think. What you've just said, twenty six next birthday, you know, Villa have got ambitions to play in the Champions League. That's not going to change. Villa's owners will be aiming for that, and they'll think in the next two three years that's what we're striving for. Jack's probably thinking in two three years time I'm going to be approaching thirty. You know, I don't want to just be playing in the Champions League, which is what potentially Villa would be doing by then. I want to win it. And that's the part that's so far away from Villa. And that's probably the biggest thing, isn't it? Totally. And what what, I, what I've tried to put across in some of my, my reporting is that this does not spell the end for Villa. This, this, is, this, this is not the surrendering of... Um, of this exciting project under Nassif Suarez and Wes Edens. It's just come a couple of years too early. Villa, hopefully, in a few years' time, will be in a much stronger position to keep hold of their better players because this project is not going away. This drive, this relentless push forward is not going away. Um, you know, these owners, regardless of what's just happened with, with Grealish, it's imminent departure they still mean big business and look they've got a hundred million pound coming in as well um you know th- th- that cash isn't going to be obviously um available to them immediately no, but you know we know how, we know how deals are, are staggered and, and 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 that's partly why some of the negotiations have taken a little bit longer than than expected of course but um villa will have money to reinvest and they already have money anyway. You know, the fact that you've got to just look at the the upwards trajectory that this club is on. It's now three summers in a row that they've smashed their transfer record. And and all three of those transactions were with one eye on Grealish still being at the club. Villa have, have fought very, very hard to keep Grealish, but it's just ultimately a decision that was taken out of their hands. So again, I come back to this contract and people are, are upset about the fact he signed this contract 12 months ago. It's for five years. There's obviously something within that contract that has allowed for this to happen. So not only has he signed the five-year contract, when he's done that, I don't know what it is, whether it be a clause or whether it be some kind of gentleman's agreement, but there's been something in that contract that says if Man City offer a, or someone offers 100 million, a Champions League club offers 100 million, you can go. Villa, if he hadn't signed that contract... In this situation, Aaron teams are interested in him. We wouldn't be getting a hundred million, would we? Well, they might be. Villa might be hoping that they get more for him. You think? I mean, look, you know, it can work both ways, doesn't it? You, you, they, sometimes these um, these negotiations look very complex, and, and and they will only be known between the two clubs, and, and you know that very close inner circle of of people who are working on the deal. So we don't know. I mean, you know, Villa might have estimated. Uh, sorry, valued uh, valued Jack Grealish high, higher. You know, 
we don't know the ins and outs of these conversations, but um, yeah, it was our understanding that if a hundred million pound was laid down, then Manchester City had a chance of getting Jack Grealish. So that's the um, you know that, that's that's the line that we've been that we've been reporting for a while now. As for the ins and outs of, of contract negotiations and, and talks between parties, we, we just don't know because we, we're not involved in those. Yeah, to be fair to you, obviously, not, I saw a few days ago, you, you've stuck to that line throughout the 100 million. You've said if 100 million comes in, you expect him to go. And, and, and that's exactly what's happened, unfortunately, for Villa. Do you think really she's looking at Harry Kane a little bit? Obviously, there's all kinds of drama going on with him at the moment, who's 29 and he's in a similar situation to, to Jack, where to what Harry Kane was in two years ago, where he... He basically gambled on signing a new contract and the Spurs would be challenging. It's gone the opposite way for Spurs. They're on a downward trajectory. Do you think Grealish was worried about getting to that point? Because he, he did mention that he spoke to Kane a lot on England duty, didn't he? He'd mentioned that in interviews, how he really looked up to him. Yeah, definitely. I think, obviously, as, as the England captain, he, you know, he would look up to him and, 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 and you know, he's a very inspirational figure and, and somebody that the, that the the entire England team look up to anyway but I think just in in Jack's mind was just his own personal ambition you know he he wants the Champions League he he's somebody who goes home most nights and watches football he watches a hell of a lot of football he watches all sorts of games and when and when when the Champions League is on you know he's quite envious because his close friends like Ben Chilwell would, would have would have been winning the Champions League last season um other other friends of his would have been playing in other European competitions as well. And that's something that he wants, you know, he wants to be traveling across Europe and playing in these big competitions. So, and, and ultimately winning trophies. And let's be honest, you know, as, 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 as much as Villa are pushing to, to get to that next level, are Villa seriously going to be challenging for a title or the European places in the next two or three years? I, I, I don't think so. You know, they're not going to be there, are they? Yes, they might get there eventually, but could could Grealish have waited those two or three years and then get to the late stages of, of his 20s, you know, 29, possibly even 30? As you mentioned earlier, Dan, without Villa even being in any, any European competition, it's just not something he was willing to do in the end. I feel that he's, I mean, look, he spent 20 years at this club. He was he was picked up as a five and a half year old on a on a on a on a on a parks pitch near his home in Solihull. As, and 20 years later, he's leaving for the British transfer record, and he's getting an Aston Villa a hundred million pound profit on his services. And let's not forget the service that he's that he's given them. Let's not forget the the promotion winning season when without him. Villa would not have been promoted. I remember speaking to James Chester. I did an interview with James Chester and I said to him, tell me the secrets behind that um, uh, that unbeaten run. I, I know he wasn't involved, but tell me what, you know, from your teammates, what what was the what was the secret? And the two words he said was Jack Grealish. And 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 it was right. Without without Jack Grealish in that team, Villa probably wouldn't have got in the playoffs. They certainly wouldn't have won those 10 games in a row. Um, and then the following season, he scores the vital goal that keeps him up on, on the last day of the season. So let's not forget the, the contributions he's made. Um, yes, no player is bigger than Aston Villa. I think we all agree on that. Um, and I think we both also agree, Dan, don't we, that, that it's really exciting times anyway without Grealish. Yeah, 
I've tweeted, put a few tweets out today, and I'll, again, I'll probably be accused of being too positive. But for, I don't know whether I've had more time to ready myself for this, and that's why I'm take, taking it so well. But I am genuinely excited for, for what the club's doing. You know, I think Buendia's great business. I mean, for all we're talking about the way Jack's gone, you know, Norwich fans would be sat there thinking, oh, we've just got promoted. And Villa have swooped in and, and took Buendia from us. You know, there's kind of like, there is a circle of life in football. I don't like it, but that, that, that's there. It's there. Before we talk about all the new signings, let, let's just take a quick break. Athletic podcast listeners and especially fans of the Totally Football Show, here's some exciting news if you're that way inclined. The Totally Football Yearbook is the definitive chronicle of the not particularly easy to say 2020-2021 season and it'll look absolutely ravishing on your bookshelf. It'll have features, season reviews, stats, quizzes and plenty more, plus a foreword from Jamie Carragher and lots of the good stuff from your favourite athletic writers, including Nick Miller, Rafa Honigstein and James Horncastle and people like Daniel Storey, Duncan Alexander and Julian Laurent from Team Totally. The Totally Football Yearbook is out on August the 5th and you can pre-order your copy wherever you get your books today. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So then Greg, Wendia in, Ashley Young on a free in, which is really throwing me back and I'm, I'm really, really enjoying Ashley Young being at the, at the club. Leon Bailey, who I am... Um, Really, really excited about. I think that's an exceptional signing for Villa and a real statement of intent in, in itself. Despite what's going on with Jack, I think signing Leon Bailey from Leverkusen, from a top league, I think that's a massive statement. And just before we came on, there's more stuff brewing, isn't there? Yeah, look, you know, Villa, Villa certainly haven't finished yet. The the couple that you've mentioned there are really exciting, I think. And, and look, Ashley Young isn't going to be the, the, the silky-skilled winger that he once was, but he'll bring something different to the team. Um, in the absence of Tom Heaton, Neil Taylor and, and Ahmed Al-Mohamedi. So, yeah, 
the, the, the other incomings that Villa are working on is Axel Twanzebe, obviously who Villa fans know well. Um, he's expected to sign a new deal at Man United very soon. But Dean Smith has been pushing to get him in on the se- on a season-long loan. So we expect that one to go through. I think that'll be another good signing. Can't quite see him getting straight in, Dan, can you? No, that's what I was going to ask you. I, I like Twanzebe. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's a, a great player. He was excellent for Villa next to Mings in the Championship towards the back end of the season. Unless we're going to switch to three at the back or something I don't know about. You know, Is he better than Concer and Mings at the moment? With all due respect to him, fantastic player. I would say probably not. Are we going to see more of of that thing where Concer moves to right back against big teams and then you've got Twanzebe next to Mings, which is a bit more balanced than, than Hawes and Mings? Maybe, but I like Matty Cash at right back and I think he's going to improve this season, second season in. You need options though, I guess, but I'd just be surprised if he was happy to come in and play second fiddle at Villa when he's already second fiddle at Man U. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, look, I, I, for his, his thoughts will be, I need to go and play somewhere now. Um, he's not going to get those opportunities at Man United, but he's the next in line at Villa, isn't he? In, in a, in, there's three positions, centre-back one, centre-back two, right-back. So any injuries or suspensions or loss of form to either of those three players, and he's the next one in. So it's it's, it's a bit similar to Mings in, in the England squad, isn't it? Yeah. He knew that he knew that one sort of one blip or one setback from any of the two centre halves, and he was straight back in. Um, so I think that's probably what he's looking at. He probably accepts that the first couple of months might not go quite as planned. Um, you know, he might get some action in in the cup competitions, maybe. Or maybe even used as, as part of a three, as you say, if Dean Smith thinks that might be the way forward. Um, I think we I think if you remember, Dan, in the in back end of last season, I, I said that I really liked Kanza at right back. Yeah, I remember. With, with, with Horse and Mings in the centre. Um, not sure not sure Ezra will be particularly keen on that. I think he likes being uh, a centre-half first and foremost and was a little bit unfortunate on Matty Cash as well because he had a great season as well, didn't he? But I just think the options are good there. I just think Villa are... Slowly building a stronger squad, aren't they? Um, I think there were there were times last season where I remember looking on the bench and I just I just thought, oh, wouldn't like it if one of those one a player in one position got injured and there isn't really any thing to come back in. Wouldn't really like it if um, something happened to Ollie Watkins. Not really, not really much up there in terms of a replacement. So it just feels like Villa are trying to just strengthen across the board. Um, and for me, Twanzebe will be a good one. I think this is why I'm excited a little bit because I think Villa have become too reliant on Grealish. I think when he's not there, it's very, very noticeable. Villa kind of look for him to give him the ball because that seems to be the plan. And he's not there and we struggle when, he's, when he isn't on the pitch. I think now, potentially what they'll do is spend some money and get some new players in. They'll have a stronger squad, like you say. And it's a little bit more sustainable going forward. It feels like we can be a more complete team rather than being so heavily reliant on, on one individual. Am I fair in thinking that? Yeah, yeah. I think we, we, we discussed this privately, didn't we? I mean, I hope this doesn't sound too disrespectful to Jack because I think he's an absolutely brilliant player. Don't get me wrong, I'd rather he stayed. Yeah, and look, you know, obviously everyone in the country recognises that as well. But I think with Grealish we've, we've in the team, it, it did potentially restrict the development of some of the other players around him just purely because so much went through him. Um, and... But then on the other hand, when he wasn't there, not enough of them turned up, did they? That was just a disappointing thing. It just felt like, I know that Dean Smith was frustrated that the ball broke down too many times in the opposition half. 
um, with without Jack on the pitch. So that's something that they wanted to address this season. That's specifically why they went for Baylor. Um, yeah, you know, talk to me about him. Yeah, so look, you know, Johan Langer and, he, and his team of sports scientists and data analysts have have been building up profiles on Bailey and, and trying to explain how he will improve Villa. And so Smith was very concerned that the ball was breaking down too often in the final third. So he wanted somebody ideally to come in on the right side of midfield because I think he felt that Traore gave the ball away a little bit too much. Um, that's, uh, you know, I think Villa fans would have agreed, you know, he was very hit and miss, wasn't he? Sometimes produced some great moments, but that was my probably big takeaway from him. He was a little bit sloppy in possession. So the aim initially was to try and get Bailey in to play alongside Bailey and uh, Buendia and Grealish. And then Villa could, Villa could dominate possession a lot better. They could keep hold of the ball. Bailey loves going at players, dribbling um, dribbling at them but he's also very good at keeping hold of the ball he doesn't give it away as often as others so the hope was for Buendia who obviously likes to, pr likes to press a little bit more um, and can pick that killer pass through for Watkins that was going to be the three now there's probably well, there's going to have to be some sort of change because Grealish isn't going to be involved anymore now whether it's um, one of the current players Traore or, or Amwar El Ghazi takes up that role or whether Villa do get in another player um, or maybe push for this number 10 um, type of player. Uh, James Ward-Prowse looking central midfield doesn't look likely now. It feels like that's going to be too much of an ask for Villa. Um, they're they're going to have to really stretch to uh, a ridiculous fee to, to, to get that deal done. And I just can't see it happening because Southampton aren't interested um, in selling. So, Todd Cantwell is, is another one who's been mentioned from Norwich. Now, I can't say exactly whether Villa are after him or not yet because I haven't been able to get the information around that. So, um, you know, for, for, for everybody listening, sorry for for not being able to put any clarity on that. I, I will try and do that in the, the days and weeks ahead. But I, to be honest, I just don't know the answer around that one at the moment, how interested Villa are. Um, I can't just say that. No, I, I, neither can I, but um, I wouldn't like to say that it definitely wouldn't happen when I don't know for sure. But um, it still feels like they need someone in, in, in one of those attacking positions, doesn't it? You know, they, they certainly do need, um, you know, another another player in there because, yeah, Jack's gone and, and Buendia. But it's basically Grealish and Barkley have gone, haven't they? And Bailey and Buendia have come in. So they, there still needs to be one more for me. Would they buy a striker and shift Watkins left potentially because things look like they've changed a little bit on the striker front? We thought they weren't going to go in for one, but over the last week or so, that's changed. Yeah, so the, the striker situation, again, is a little bit complex. You've got Keenan Davis out injured now, which I don't think affects things too much because he was probably going to go out alone anyway. Wesley's red card against Stoke might have uh, raised further question marks about him um, and, and you know, whether whether Villa are going to be able to get a tune out of him or not. Um, I was very surprised with his reaction um, at Stoke. I have to admit, uh, you know, not not usual you see that in pre-season, but it later emerged that he thought he was suffering with another injury. Yeah, he thought he got a kick basically previous to the to the red card incident and thought that he was picked up another injury, so he was very animated. Um, and that's what happened. So. Um, but yeah, my information was that Villa weren't in, weren't were not prioritising a striker up until last week. But things things changed last week. Um, Tammy Abraham 
certainly is one of those under consideration. And there's another striker at the moment, which I can't say too much about, but that, that might come out in the, in the next few days. Um, so, but yeah, and, he, and as for Watkins going out onto the left, I, I just don't see that either, Dan, to be honest, because Smith sp- speaks so highly of Watkins in the role that he plays and he feels that he's the best striker in the Premier League at doing what he does. So I do not see him changing positions. I think it'll be more a case of if Villa do get another striker in, potentially bringing him on to change a game and replacing him for Watkins or pairing the two of them up. Yeah, I, don't, I just obviously if it, if it was Tammy, I'm not saying it will be. He isn't going to come to sit on the bench. That's where I, that's just where I get the feeling of Watkins on the left. There's obviously a, a vacancy on that left hand side now with Jack going. So that, that's, that's, that's what, what makes the... sense. It just makes sense to me more. I'm not saying you do it every game, but I think he could maybe find himself playing a fair bit of football from there. But we we don't know what the coaches have are thinking. Let's face it. I'm just uh, speculating. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you know, we, look, we don't know the inner details. Of course, what what I would say to that is. Maybe Tammy Abraham doesn't want uh, doesn't want to come and play second fiddle, and if that's the case, then he won't sign. So Villa will have to, the, the conversations are going to be very sensitive because Villa will have to explain to any striker that's coming in that they're not going to be that number one striker. They're going to come in behind Ollie Watkins, challenging him. So that might restrict the um, quality or level of player that they can attract. We shall see. You know, we shall see. I, th- I think I think I think a lot of players, strikers included, will, will find Villa a very attractive proposition. So, you know, they're, they're offering big money at the moment. There's, there's the opportunity to pay the transfer fees that clubs want. So, it's an exciting move for for a lot of players at the moment. Yeah, just quickly, very very briefly, before we move on to to the listener questions, I still think we need a, a proper central midfielder. Would, would that be? On? I know they want Ward Prowse, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but. I don't necessarily think he's the right type of player that we need. I think he's got to be. Look, I know a holding midfielder was on Smith's wanted list. That wanted list is obviously rapidly grown now with 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 the with the Grealish imminent departure and, and other areas needing to be addressed. But I think it's something they'll look at. Whether they can do it straight away or not, I don't know. Yeah, right, let's move on to the questions now. We've managed to have a pile and, and wean out the angry Jack Grealish messages and find some good questions <laughs> from our listeners that, that we really, really appreciate. We want to try and get the listeners involved this season like, like we did last, but on a grander scale. So King81 says, will Villa invest the 100 plus million sensibly and quickly with the season only days away? We now need five or six in to make sure the first 11 is super strong. No excuses. We need big name players now as we have the money and financial fair play is not a concern with the Jack Grealish deal. Now, Financial fair play now, we are in a better place, obviously, because of the £100 million profit with, with Jack Grealish. But, like we said at the, earlier on in the show, Villa don't just magically have £100 million now, do they? No. it's it's. I mean, look, for, for FFP, it's absolutely fantastic. You, know, you could not get a better deal. The British rec- record transfer from an academy graduate, it's a £100 million pure profit. So, to bal- if you're looking at balancing the books, then it's unbelievable. But that won't be the consideration, you know, Villa. Were Villa worried aggressive. about that at all in any way, do you know? Was it a concern? Uh, I mean, look, yeah, of course they were. Yeah, look, it wasn't an immediate concern because FFP has been, uh, sorry, the rules around FFP has been relaxed. So it essentially goes on another year where you can make a certain amount of losses. Um, but the, uh, the deadline has been extended for another year because of COVID. But yeah, look, every club is, is concerned about FFP and, and Villa, will, Villa are no strangers to that too. So, but it but it wasn't a pressing concern. That's not okay. the reason they've sold Grealish. 
I think I think five or six sounds just a little bit excessive to me. I don't see them doing it. I Already got four in now if you include Axel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I can see sort of the points, you know, maybe another backup goalkeeper. Twan Zebi's in. Definitely need someone in midfield. Definitely someone in, in, in attack, whether they need two in attack. I, I mean, I think probably two or three now. I think. I think two or three more. And, uh, you know, I've, I've said that sort of all along. So Villa need to invest it wisely, of course. It, the pressure will be on now, the recruitment. Um, they've got a lot of money there to spend. Clubs will be thinking that they have more money available uh, for various deals. So they'll be bumping up the prices um, on any targets. But Villa have got a box a little bit clever because they can't be putting too much money into a couple of signings and then them not coming off. They've got to find some good value for money and do what Leicester have done. Look, hmm. Leicester, oh, yeah, have lost, very good point, Leicester, Leicester have lost all their key players every season. They've lost Harry Maguire, lost Angola Kante, Danny Drinkwater, Rear Mares, um, and Ben Chilwell. <laughs> just hearing Danny Drinkwater labelled as a key player just seems ridiculous <laughs> now, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, but you know, he was, wasn't yeah, it? Um, you know, they've they've lost five key players and and Look how competitive they've remained. That is the key. That, that, that's the club that Villa need to try and emulate now. It, it's not a case of trying to, 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 to catch up with Chelsea and Liverpool and Man United and Man City. Villa aren't there yet. They've got to look to do a Leicester to, to emulate them. To, to, they've now sold one of their key players. How do they rebuild without um, losing any competitive advantage? So pressure on, pr- pressure on the recruitment team for sure. To be fair, their record in the last 12 months or so has been pretty good. So that, that's a positive sign, having all that money to spend. And apologise to Tristan Fernanda because I kind of ruined his question a little bit by asking you about the, the central midfielders before we went into the question segment. So apologies to him. Simon Lambert says, Tyro Mings as captain now, isn't it? Basically, that he's asking, will the captains he go to Mings? I can't see anyone else taking that captain, sir. Yeah, no, I mean, look, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a leadership team developing there at the club, certainly. Emmy Martinez is, you know, a very big vocal presence. John McGinn now is, is developing into one of those players as well. But for, look, Tyra Mings is the obvious captain, isn't it? And I think he will lead that team out with pride. Right then, that does us. Greg, I'll let you get back to work because I imagine your phone's been going absolutely mental in the in the time we've been doing this podcast, so I'll let you crack on. Greg and myself will be back next Wednesday, so hopefully we'll have some news of some more recruits. And we do like to hear from you as well when I'm not ruining questions. So yeah, keep an eye on the socials and get in touch with us and we'll ask the best questions on next week's podcast. We've got the youth team as well, Greg. Let's not forget about that. There's a lot of players coming through the academy as well. Just contact Greg or myself on Twitter and we'll try and get you involved. If you do wish to subscribe to The Athletic before the start of the new Premier League season, you'll get a 33% discount. All you've got to do is go to theathletic.com slash villapod before the 13th of August and you'll get a third off the price of a subscription. That does us. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to all the questions. Up the Villa. Athletic.